Hi, this is James Chow, and you're listening to Beach Weekly, a news podcast for the Daily 49er at Long Beach State. Beach Weekly! On this podcast, we'll be talking about a community outreach meeting from the university, the recent Board of Trustees sessions that took place this past week, and the new Student Success Center, which opened at the beginning of spring semester. So I'm here with Hannah Gatahun. Um, she covered a community update meeting on Saturday with Long Beach administration giving updates on what's going on on campus. Before we get into that story, a little disclaimer, it is lunchtime. We have not eaten, so you will hear some ASMR crunching. Yes, chewing noises. Um, I too am eating my lunch. We got it from The Nugget. Yeah. A famous setting for the other podcast on the Daily 49er. Yes, Chug check it, it at The, the nugget. nugget. Shout out. Yeah. Getting back into things, can you tell me a little bit about the environment of what went on during that meeting at the Barrett Administration Center? Is that it's the Barrett Athletic Administration Building? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a bunch of neighborhood community members who have to deal with the construction on campus, but aren't really a part of the campus. They were talking about how they were ending uh, the construction on East Campus Drive. So that'll be a huge relief to neighbors in their words because it was generating a lot of noise and traffic. And then they also talked about new proposed construction projects that they wanted to implement on campus. The first one they talked about was the Alumni Center. So what they wanted to do was move that from where it was originally going to be, which was right next to the Recycling Center. Um, And they wanted to move it to the pyramid because they didn't want to take up parking spaces. They are essentially going to do it in this green space right by the pyramid. They're shrinking it down from 15,000 square feet to 7,000 square feet. So for the people who attended this meeting, what was kind of their reaction to all these developments and projects? Uh, they were annoyed. (laughs) One guy brought up the fact that he thought the school was in the middle of their neighborhood, and this was a sentiment that was shared by a lot of the neighbors. Not that the school was a part of a neighborhood, but it was just an obstruction to the peace of the neighborhood. They thought, you know, construction on the green space by the Alumni Center was not a great idea because the green space is used for things like, you know, rugby practices. It's where a lot of students flood to after graduation. And so they thought the Alumni Center should probably be put somewhere else. They also had concerns about the new dorms. The new dorms are going to be placed in between the Isabel Patterson Child Development Center and the Recycling Center. They're gonna make the new housing office smaller and they're gonna put it somewhere else but they have proposed a three-story residence hall along Atherton and a four-story building facing campus in that spot and a lot of neighbors thought that would bring more students with cars to park in their spaces in the neighborhood 
which has always been a problem. No one likes to have their parking space taken over by some college kids. So that was <laughs> that was some of their gripes about construction on campus. They they felt that this campus was an obstruction to their neighborhood. I mean, it makes sense. Most neighborhoods don't have a huge college campus right in the middle of it. And the people that come to this campus are not part of the neighborhood. A lot of them commute from farther away. Mm-hmm. And they come in and they make a lot of noise. Like they said, there are games at the pyramid all the time and people are yelling. They park where they're not supposed to park. And it's it's like they're part of their own other community. Like when we say the campus community, we've kind of squared ourselves in to our own, you know. Yeah, so it's its own separate kind of it's its own neighborhood. Yeah, it's you its own know? neighborhood, yeah. It's like a neighborhood that's within a larger neighborhood kind of plopped itself in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and like the, the second Signal Hill, I guess. You could... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I can see why um, the neighbors might be annoyed. But the school is trying to work with them. That's why they have community meetings like this. They even started a website. It was It's csulb.edu slash beachcommunity where neighbors can go on the website and see what's happening. I think they're trying to make it a more cohesive community, whereas now it's like this separate community within the community at large. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just want to make it where it's just one big community. Like CSULB is part of the surrounding neighborhoods in a way. Okay. And did the community members also have gripes about other things that were talked about at the meeting? Oh, yes. So this was one thing that I think they were trying not to talk about at the meeting, but it ended up being a big issue. During uh, a presentation, they said that they had dropped an agenda item on the Pavugna study, which is a study of the land in Pavugna and how people on campus and at facilities want to use the space so a lot of people were mad because they were saying hey we came to talk about this we thought you had information to share with us why are you dropping it i talked to jan sampson who's a community member as well as an advocate for pavugna and she says the biggest fear with native americans in the community is development on that land so they use the land a lot for ceremonies and it's a it's a very holy space for them a very like sacred space so they're afraid that if they're not in the know facilities will go behind their backs and develop on that land and then they won't have it they won't be able to do anything about it that's their main concern and i think it's a very important thing to note that cal state long beach was built on top of um, indigenous land mm-hmm. and like entirely yeah definitely Pavugna as it stands now is this small space in the corner of school but it used to encompass not only the, the entirety of the school but like the surrounding neighborhoods mm-hmm. so I think they're just trying to save the small space they have left before Pavugna is completely gone our state's economy and its citizens in a myriad and wonderful ways And in response to his visionary budget, I will not bring forward any request for the trustees to consider a tuition increase for our 2019-20 budget. 
you heard me correctly, tuition is off the table. For our second story of the day, uh, the CSU recently confirmed at the first Board of Trustees meeting of the year uh, that there would be no tuition increase for the 2019-2020 academic year. I'm here with our news editor, Austin Brumbley, who, was, who covered the meeting. Um, so Austin, can you tell me what was the reaction of people uh, when Chancellor White said there would be no tuition increase? So the Chancellor opened the meeting with the uh, taking tuition off the table. And uh, he reiterated a few times to the to loud applause from the audience and uh, and his fellow trustees, and so it was it was a very um, I was actually it was a very surprising reaction, but uh, it was well received. And what was the reason for this this decision to not increase tuition? So Governor Newsom actually he proposed like an unprecedented three hundred million dollar uh, increase in uh, continued funding. But yeah, so it it basically it nullified any any chance of uh, tuition being uh, increased to supplement funding. Okay. The lack of funding. So yeah, Governor, Governor Gavin Newsom um, allocated 300 million for the CSU General Fund, and an extra 262 million in uh, one-time allocations. I think I believe 247 million of that would go to uh, deferred maintenance throughout the CSU. But of the 300 million, what kind of services will this fund? So the 300 million will be broken down into, or be dispersed in, into different uh, sections for the, for the CSUs. And so 75 million would go into the graduation initiative which is a project to increase graduation rates among the CSUs. The CSUs plan to increase graduations by 2025 across the board. And last year, they saw an increase in 6 and 7% for freshmen and transfers, uh, respectively. So it is, it is working, and that's, that's why the governor is applying more money towards that for the CSUs as well. $148 million for employee compensation, $206 million for increased student enrollment by 5%. The CSUs had to turn away a lot of students in the past due to lack of funding. Most CSUs are impacted, and so this will help bring students who are qualified back into the, uh, the system. And $80 million for academic facilities and infrastructure, and $45 million for mandatory costs. Okay. And um, other than the fact that there wouldn't be a tuition increase, what kind of other hot topics were proposed at the Board of Trustees meeting? So they, they talked a little about proposed buildings among the CSUs. They touched a little on new dormitory for uh, Cal State Long Beach. It's planned to be placed over on Atherton, over by the pyramid. And yeah, that was like, they talked about the other CSUs, but I don't know. Our third story of the day is actually a preface for upcoming content. The Student Success Center opened its doors at the beginning of this spring semester. I'm here with our multimedia managing editor, Paula Calais, who helped create a video tour of the center with our video editor, Adam Pacheco, which will come out sometime after this podcast is uploaded. Hi. Hi, Paula. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the center? What's its purpose and when did it go under construction? Okay, so we talked to Mark Sikor, the Director of Design and Construction Services here on campus, and essentially he said that in building this new Student Success Center, he just wanted to take different departments and resources and organizations that were spread like in different areas of the university and kind of just bring them all together in this one place to serve as like a hub of resources for students. And I recall it went under construction in September, or it broke ground in September of 2017. It's been a while. Yeah. You mentioned it being like a hub for all these different areas around campus. So what kind of organizations does this center house? Probably one of the biggest resources that moved into the new Student Success Center 
was Disabled Student Services, which is now called the Bob Murphy Access Center. They have a completely new office. But on top of that, there's the Women's Gender and Equity Center, BUILD, Undergraduate Advising, and just a ton of other resources for students in the building. Okay, and can you tell me a little bit about the Bob Murphy Access Center, and how does that center help differently abled students and campus members? One of the cooler features that we saw in there was like a calming room, which was just, honestly, it's like a, just a little room and different colored spectrum lighting and music would be going on in there. And there's a couch, you can sit there. It's supposed to have some really calming effects. Right now, parts of that room is still being installed, so it's not necessarily available for students yet, but it's something you can look out for in the future. And another feature, which isn't exclusive to just um, the Bob Murphy Access Center doors, but every single door in this building, we have handicap door access switches installed for every door, and that was made possible by donations. So it's above and beyond ADA compliance. That was pretty cool. Okay. Personally, what's your favorite feature that the Student Success Center as a whole offers? I really liked the student lounges. I think one of the big things about the new Student Success Center is that there's a lot of places for students to just sit and study or just sit and talk. On the second floor, there's a big student lounge and there's a lot of natural lighting that goes in. It's it's a really cool environment to study in. Another thing, I guess, there's interactive maps. It's like virtual, it's touch screen. So if you ever need to find an office inside the Student Success Center, you can just have it looked up on the map and it'll show you how to get there, which I something I haven't seen anywhere else on campus. And according to Socor, it's something that the university hopes to implement in other areas of the campus. Do you personally see yourself actually utilizing the student lounges as your time here as a student at Cal State Long Beach? Uh, yeah, and yeah, and I, th- I think so. Like, I don't know if it's just because it's the first week and nobody really knows about it. Well, I guess now people will. And, but um, it's it's pretty, it's not too crowded. It's it's a nice space. So yeah, there's a lot of pretty good napping areas in there too. Won't tell you where because it's mine. Oh yeah. So you can find it yourself. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I, it's a really cool building and it, I'm excited that the fences are finally down because those were really ugly. Oh yeah. Those hashtag no barriers fences that are technically barriers. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Paula. Oh, yeah. No no problem. Love Beach Weekly. (laughs) And to all you listening in on this podcast, be on the lookout for more details and information on this story. There will be a photo gallery, an article, and a video to showcase the Student Success Center. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash daily49er. Yeah. Uh, where we have a lot of videos from arts and life to news to sports. sports, yeah. Yeah. And even some campus voices out there to see what your other students and faculty are are saying about hot topics at the university. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Subscribe. (laughs) Please.